Hey guys, G-Man here. Thank you so much for downloading this week's episode of The Bullpen Cart. Matty D and I had a great time talking this week in Major League Baseball. Gave you our hot and cold teams, individual player awards, stadium snacks. I did the beer corner this week as a fun little change of pace. We also talked a little bit about the conference finals in both basketball and hockey. And of course, Phillies talk. As always, please go like, share, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. But now, enjoy this week's episode. Welcome to this week's episode of The Bullpen Cart. I, of course, am Jordy Cannell. Here with you, as always, with my man, back in the Amer- back in the United States, which is the <laughs> America, I guess. But... My man, Matty D. What's up, buddy? Uh, how you doing, G-Man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm doing well. Well, excuse me. I, you know, I'm from Philly. I don't speak well. Well, you're also doing good. You're a true American. <laughs> huh. That is right. As much as Canada tried to get me to stay. It's nice I to visit. To I had to return. Let's get on to baseball. We, uh, of course, I believe it's, what, seven weeks into the season at this point? And we're starting to see some ups and downs in the season. Some teams starting to maybe pull ahead. Other teams kind of floundering. Teams that we thought might be good aren't up where they should be. I mean, Matt, what are you thinking of this week? Um, you know, we talked a little bit before we, we jumped on the pod here about some teams. But I think we're starting to finally get into, like, kind of the – I want to call it, when I say, see, I'm going to say doldrums of the season, but that's not what I mean. Kind of into the meat now, the season. The weather's yeah. starting to turn in a lot of places. Starting to get those hot baseball games, which is always nice. And I, I think you're going to start to see, really, teams start to level out. You know, I mean, we're going to talk about a couple teams today. Some teams that have fallen off the wagon that we kind of expected to. Other teams that have kind of risen to where we kind of expect them to as well. Yeah. Um, and we're seeing the best players rise to the top. And the players who we thought weren't going to be good, you know, not be good. So, um, we're going to talk about one guy in particular who is amazing, and we'll get to him a little bit later in the show, but uh, I'm, I'm getting pretty excited now for baseball, especially as hockey and, and um, basketball start to wind down. You really start to kind of get into that, the grid of that. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, Now that we're getting to the you know, one or two games a night, it, you know, you're starting to see a little more baseball, have that on a second screen, or... Maybe ESPN alerts popping up. I myself, because of the uh, the Penguins game on Friday ending early enough, I was able to catch the end of the Phillies Pirates. Uh, and then yesterday, the, the hockey game wasn't even anything to talk about, so I just watched the Phillies instead. But yeah, it's been it's it's, it's exciting. I mean, the weather's finally getting nice. We at first got worried that the the weather may never turn. It was rainy and cold, and it was a little of that, that today, but. Right. It, was, it was bad for a while in Philly. Well, I'm, I was lucky enough to have not been here this past weekend. Oh, it was kind of nice this weekend. But I'm, I'm very excited for this warm weather. It's raining right now here, but uh, I got some golf coming up I really like to enjoy. Oh, yeah. But beyond that, I, I'm with you. I want to go to a baseball game and nothing but my Phillies jersey and a pair of shorts, maybe even flip-flops, you know, a little tailgate action. It's just forget to that season. I'm so excited for it. Oh, yeah. RIP yeah. to the fun V, but let's get into it. <laughs> Hot teams, cold teams. We'll start with the heat. Matt, what do you got? Well, my hot team of the week has to be the Texas Rangers. Their 10-game winning streak was snapped on Saturday, but they have been smoking of late. Um, 
which I predicted because I'm always right, of course. But um, just some highlights for them. Joey Gallo kind of finally figuring out. He actually had six home runs last week to top out with 13 to lead the team. Um, Nomar Mazzara has 31 RBIs to lead the team. So two young guys kind of finally rising up a little bit. You know, Michael Napoli has had a bunch of home runs lately, kind of an old vet there. Um, Hugh Darvish is looking like his old stuff, obviously, with Cole Hamels. Um, even Matt Bush sighting with four saves last week. They had a great week last week. That's the only way to chalk it up. Um, oh, yeah. Very excited for them. Big fan of that team. For them. Mostly probably just because Cole's down there. But um, it was nice to see. And they start out next week with a real Boston team. Uh, a little Toronto and a little Tampa Bay. A little AL East uh, kind of streak. So they had a great week this week. And I actually expect it just to kind of keep continuing for them. Yeah, it's not a bad pick at all. Darvish is finally looking like his old self, like you said. Uh, but I think that's – I mean, I just think that's great. One team that you also were very bullish on, more so than the team that they're still a couple games behind. But they're nonetheless winners of seven out of their last ten. Incredible run run differential at a plus 47. So that means the pitching was where you thought it was. Matt, that is the Arizona Diamondbacks. Oh, love this team. Yeah. They are, as I said, winners of seven of the last ten. They're still two back of the of the Rockies. The one thing about both your hot team and my hot team that I think is still something of a cause of concern, but both of their pitching's been great at least, is the fact that they aren't necessarily the best on the road. But recently that hasn't really troubled them. They've played, albeit it's the Padres, but they played the Padres in San Diego over the weekend. One, two, three. They play the White Sox this week, which, you know, take it or leave it on, on how that does. But I think if you don't fix that road record, it could be a cause of concern. Their most recent road trip before the Padres series was in Washington and in Colorado, the team that they're behind. And they, they only won two, two of those six games. Uh, and then actually right before that, they played Colorado again and, and lost two or three at home. So that's certainly something that, that's to be concerned. But right now, I mean, Jake Lamb's killing it. He's got 11 home runs for the year and 36 RBIs. Uh, David Peralta is, is hitting the ball well. Zach Greinke's what they pay him all that money for. And the rest of the pitching staff's following suit. Right. I mean, like we, we talked about how we liked a lot of things that were going on with that team. It was more of just the division. Um, you know, I, I can tell you right now, the division's still doing pretty well. As oh, yeah. Colorado's up for one of our fills right now in the top of the seventh. Yes. But, um, you know, it's still, um, their team, I mean, Greggy's a $200 million man. If he can show up for them, they're, they're a heck of a baseball team. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think the one other team in that division that we, we've kind of let go under the radar, I don't think either of us have ever picked them as the hottest team. We talked about one of their rookies last week. That's the Dodgers. Uh, Puig yeah. is finally back, which is great. Um, Kershaw's looking good. But I think if this holds at least through you know Memorial Day and through June, it'll be a fun trade deadline to talk about for sure. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we already saw a trade. I know we're going to get to that in a little bit. But um, there should be some pieces to be moved around at this trade deadline. Yeah, I agree. But let's, uh, let's move on to the cold teams. I, for my cold team, have a American League East team that have been doing pretty well. They're, they're actually still only a half a game back because the, the team that overtook them are also under 500 in their last 10 games. But I picked the Baltimore Orioles. They are losers 
of their of seven of their last ten, so three and seven. Well, they're still, yeah, they're still only a half a game behind the Yankees. Uh, they their pitching's actually looking all right, um, but their their bats aren't really there. And, and I'm going to actually get to the one shining star at least of recent. But Adam Jones isn't hitting it particularly well. Um, it, it, you know, the rest of the team. It's kind of just all over the place, and that was we kind of talked about it, or Greg and I did in the AL East preview. That they're very long ball dependent, and you're uh-huh. kind of seeing that now. JJ Hardy's not hitting it well, and I don't know. It's it's not all coming together at this point for the for the Orioles. Yeah, I, I could see that, and that, that's definitely a shame because I'm a big, big, big fan of theirs. Um, you know, for a lot of different reasons, but um, you know, my cold team of the week is kind of one of the teams that we kind of thought would finally be cold. That's Cincinnati Reds. They went one and eight last week. They gave up at least six runs in their last seven games. So, yeah. you know, I know we talked at the season started about their lack of pitching, and uh, their their ERA on the road. Their starters gave up seven point zero eight burn runs per start. Um, on the road, so they're really struggle. Not even Joey Votto can keep them afloat. So they're definitely my cold team of the week. Unlike your cold team, I think most most of us kind of expected the Reds to struggle. Yeah. Um, so you know that's going to be one of the things. You know, I, uh, it's a shame because you know you like to see a feel good story, but they're definitely fading fast. So yeah, and they're they're currently actually up on the the Indians, which you know could Shocking. be a nice little win, but. I mean, they walk into Wrigley, which is finally becoming friendly for the Cubs. They're only able to score five runs, and the Cubs just—they seem to turn it on. And we'll we'll get to that uh, in in a little bit, probably. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think you're right. The Reds, their offense is, is kind of showing where we thought it would be, and their their pitching has never really been anything to write home about. So that's a great pick for cold team. Right, of course, of course. I mean, I know you wanted to bring up some uh, some injury stuff this week. Yeah, I um, we you and I have talked. We've talked about it a little bit the uh, the cold teams or the the injuries rather have been really at an astronomic rate where you're seeing a lot of pitching get recycled through and and I'll you know get to that with the jar of Billy Beans in a little bit, but it's just at this astronomical rate where you're seeing guys. Key pieces to teams, whether they be on the mound, whether they be in the outfield, the infield, they're all kind of falling apart, and it's becoming the walking wounded almost in the majors. I mean, Matt, what, what's your take on it? Is it is there something in the water? Or is it just a freaky season? You know, I mean, baseball's always kind of been on the, I think, almost almost on the edge with their injuries because um, it's such a. It, it, a lot of the what you do in the sport is a little unnatural, right? Like the the pitching is a little unnatural to the arm. Um, I do think it's just a little unlucky, but I think that's why teams are starting to get deeper in um, and trying to have better pitching regiments for their pitchers and trying to keep guys healthier. Baseball's always been kind of a freak accident sport as well. Yeah. Um, but we've seen some big names go down. Freddie Freeman just went down recently. Um, you know, so it, it definitely hurts the sport. Um, you know, the positive is not a lot of big super superstars are out right now. I mean, there are a couple, but. You know, it, it does scare you, I think, mostly with pitchers. Like, we've seen a lot of pitchers get hurt. Um, you know, the days of these true horses out there, we used to watch, you know, the Phillies go, guys go 300 bang, innings. Bang, Cole bang. Campbell, 24. Um, and 
now we're watching Aaron Nola, who we're going to talk about a little later. We're watching Aaron Nola have injuries at 25 or 26. So 24, excuse me, he's 24. So um, I think the pitching is definitely scarier than the batters. And you know, I just I, I wish I had an answer for you because uh, it sucks to see some of these great pitchers go down so early. Yeah, absolutely. And and you hit the nail right on the head of the fact that we've seen guys at younger ages go all these deep innings and. Cole Hamels is still kicking it around, but he's hurt. He's hurt right now. Not to say that that's right. residual injury, but right, right. Yeah, I was speaking more back in his day, but I don't know. No, no, no. Sure. But what I was getting at is we saw Roy Halladay, Cliff Lee do that, and they kind of had their careers cut short because they had one bad injury, and you know, who knows if it's because they threw so many innings. We all heard Steven Strasburg getting limited in his pitch counts and his inning counts. We all thought it was just because he could hurl it as fast as he could, but I mean, at least that's somewhat paying dividends for the Nationals, and that's a it, with pitching. It's such an interesting thing because you always hear about the overhand versus the underhand, and that's why you see more complete games in softball than you do in baseball. And yeah, it's just it's weird of how it's going, and and especially with all the crazy baseball players that are starting to uh, reemerge. I mean, injuries are, are really getting taxed, but moving on to the, to the next big storyline, this past week we've seen some fights, we've seen some bat flips, we've seen pitchings, throwing at the chin, behind the chin. It all kind of started with, with Jose Bautista. Right. I, I'm like I'm, I'm kind of blown away. I, I, you know, I watched the replay of the home run, and I know he flipped – I know he flipped the bat, and he, he's kind of stared a little bit at Eric O'Flattery. I'm talking speaking of Batista and the Braves here. Yeah. Um, and his team was down, you know, five runs, I think it was. But he's an emotional player, and I, I don't understand. I don't know. I guess I struggle with the whole plunking somebody because um, – of an action like this, and we all see what happened, um, that maybe this happened because Freddie Freeman was injured on a play earlier. Uh, people were just a little upset. And then you got Julio Tehran throwing 94 and, and 95 and trying to hit Bautista. I, I struggle a lot with um, the retaliation. I'm not a big fan. For a celebration. I yeah. like the celebration. I don't Look, he shouldn't go crazy, but quite frankly... You know, if it's a big home run, maybe maybe Bautista was wrong in this situation. He has a long history, but if it was a big home run in a big situation, have a little enjoyment in the game. I'm not I'm not saying go Bryce Harper crazy, but have a little enjoyment. Yeah, absolutely. I think I I agree with you 100. percent I think in the the positioning was where you're down a couple runs. I mean, he even you can kind of see him look at the catcher and be like, oh shit, like that was that was all over the top. Sorry, like. Right. I mean, he made the effort. He kind of realized, like, uh, you know, my bad. But the unwritten rules kind of irk me. And we saw it a little more later in the week. The Orioles got into a fight. And, I mean, it's just all these different rules, man. It, it gets on you. And I don't know necessarily if it's why people, you know, why they need to cater more to millennials and, and all that crap you hear about Rob Manford talking about. But it's something where it's just. It's too crotchety. Right. Right. I mean, you know, we've seen, like, it's covered because a lot of the game is changing in, like, really, really good ways, right? Um, you know, with defensive shifts and um, no, no longer bunting and 
platoons and the way everything works, you know, I think a lot of that's been, you know, we've seen them change the way you can block the plate, uh, change the way you can slide into second. At what point are we going to protect guys who go up there um, and are taking pitches? I mean, honestly, I mean, Bautista got hit and the next inning he hit a double, but still. You know, I, I just think it's a, it's a lot. I mean, it's a dangerous game as it is with wooden bats and hard baseballs being rolled around. I, yeah. I think it's wrong to go ahead and start smoking these guys. So, yeah, you know, look, I couldn't stand in there. I'd be ducking and diving. I a, I'm a hockey player, and I would be terrified to take an I-5 mile-an-hour fastball down the pipe. So, don't get me wrong. Well, um, I yeah. mean, you're a defenseman. You've probably taken a puck I, that's kind of that speed. Well, right, but we are we are wearing a little protection. A lot of these batters aren't wearing a lot. You that's know? true. And that's kind of what scares me a little bit when I when I watch some of this happen. That's so, true. Maybe we should get you an equipment and come play for our softball team. Hey, you need to see a little Matty D power swing. I'm not saying I'm going to make contact, but it looks mighty. I'll yeah. tell you that. No, I mean, it's, it's like the end of Rookie of the Year where they throw the little Ephus pitch. But let's uh, let's move on. We You mentioned it a couple times. Freddie Freeman went down. And the Braves, in kind of a crazy twist, they cut Ryan Howard. They signed a couple other guys, older first baseman to minor league deals. And then they trade for Matt Adams. Not our buddy Matt Adams from Lehigh. <laughs> but Matt Adams. He's a baseball player. He is a great baseball player. But they get Matt Adams from the Cardinals, who had been benched for Matt Carpenter this year. So he really he likes the trade. He really wants to take the most of it. And the Braves claim that they have a use for him after Freeman comes back. But I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to figure out why would you make this deal, trade away a minor leaguer for him. I don't know. What are your thoughts? I was I am a little confused. It would be, if like the Phillies had done this, I'd be like, really? I mean, I didn't give up a ton for him. Um, and maybe they can figure out a way to kind of work him in. Maybe they think he can play elsewhere. I don't really see that. But it seemed like kind of a desperate move. They just opened up a new stadium. You know they, they, they want to keep fans in the seats, so you bring in a much lesser player. I, I don't. I'm not. That's really more of a. Um, I'm really more complimenting uh, Freeman than I am dissing Adams. I don't dislike Adams. I just don't think he's Freddie Freeman. But I yeah. think it was more of a uh, a, a knee jerk reaction move um, to keep fans in the seats. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Braves right now are in second place. They're you know the same spot the Mets, basically the Phillies. The Marlins are the Phillies and Marlins are a couple more games back, but they're they're floating around in second place. They're not really in a if the playoffs started today. I, I hate doing that, but they wouldn't be in playoff contention. They're eight games back of the Dodgers, the second wild card spot. Um, but they're not going for the play. They no. that shouldn't be their goal, you know. No, it shouldn't be. Which is sort of that that weird towing the line of, of trying to figure out where you want to go. And if you have a fit for him, you want to make him a third baseman, you want to make him an outfielder, you whatever you want to do, I mean, go ahead. Uh, and I'm sure we'll see that, that that go forth. But sort of the surface and the interim until Freddie Freeman comes back is that it's nice to, to keep him in their seat, keep the fans in their seats, I should say. But it's, just, it's a confusing move when you start to unravel it. Yeah, and I, like I said, I... And I know just, you know, now we're talking a little bit about trades. I'm seeing rumors about maybe a Garrett Cole trade. I heard the Astros are interested. Maybe a D Gordon Marlins, maybe moving D Gordon. Those are the kind of players I think I see moving more than this kind of strange trade this early in the season. Um, You know, now obviously they they might get them. They might get them for less because it's so early in the season. But 
overall, I'm with you. I'm overly confused by the entire move. Yeah. Would, uh, would D. Hey, Gordon? Yeah, as a Phillies fan, I'm fine with it. Give away, give away. So, uh, would D. Uh, Gordon go to the the uh, Blue Jays since they do the steroids in the hotel back there? <laughs> All right. I don't think he go. Hey, he's a heck of a player. I mean, he's I a great player. I know we had the steroid thing, but he's he's a pretty good player. Um, I mean, just. Something to think about. If he goes to the, the Blue Jays, who knows? But let's let's move on to player awards. We're going to start with the Roy Hobbs MVP of the week. For those new to the program, Matt and I each pick who we thought did the best in the previous week. I've got a player from my coldest team, really been the one shining star there uh, in terms of production, and that is Mark Trumbo. He uh, batting 464, two home runs, five RBI. He's played in every single game. Hasn't really walked at all. He has the same on base percentage as batting average, so you want to see that. But I mean that that team, like I said, there there isn't really a ton of other production. Both Wellington Castillo and and Adam Jones have both they both have high averages. Wellington Wellington Castillo is one of those platoon guys you talked about. Right. And Jones has a lot of hits, but. Neither of them are really doing a ton of producing. Castillo has a lot of RBIs, not a ton of home runs, and Adam Jones is only hitting solo shots. So, I mean, it's something where, like I said, the pitching is, isn't is there, and there's a few shining spots, but I think Trumbo, he's not carrying the team. He's not the, I don't want to say the name because you're about to. He's not that character of carrying a really piss-poor team, but he's close to it of, you know, getting up there. But let's get let's get yours. I alluded to him. Say the name. I mean, say his name. Well, I, I want to say his name, but I feel like just saying it is almost sacrilegious. That's how good he is at baseball. That is Mike Trout, who I'm telling you is the next, if not better, than Babe Ruth. Everything about him is incredible, and the stat that I know his, he has led the league in the last five seasons. That's the five seasons he's been in the majors in in war, in wins above replacement. Uh, he's currently in number one again this year with 3.3. And if he does it for the sixth year in a row, he will tie Babe Ruth's record for six years in a row. So he literally, every year he's been in the league, has arguably been the best player in the league, regardless of MVP voting or whatever else crap we got out there. You know, he... I'm going to give you his, his season stats real quick. Then we'll go to his week stats. Um, they actually, they nearly walked him with the bases loaded. I'm glad you talked about that. Right. Simply because they didn't, like, that's how good he is. Yeah. On the season, he is batting 350 with 14 home runs, 34 RBIs, an OB, OBP of point. 466, which on base percentage, that's ridiculous, almost 50%, and 49 hits. That leads the entire Angels team. He is number one in every major offensive category. He batted 333 last week with 352 on base. He is a monster. He is the best player in Major League Baseball. He, I would pay him double the money I'd pay Bryce Harper, Manny Machado, anybody else. He is by far the best player. Uh, we may ever see, and the shame of it is, because of his demeanor and because of the team he plays for, we don't hear enough about how great he is. And we still hear a lot about it. I mean, he, he is splendid. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I do think he deserves all the accolades. Greg and I started a debate, and we curbed it pretty quickly, of if Mookie Betts has a great season, who would you pick? And I, I'd pick Trout. 
he goes the oh, the LeBron bullshit and the NBA MVP as his right. as his uh, parallel. But I mean, he's so good. If you watch all the different mechanics he has, we're only talking about his offensive stats, and he's a fantastic fielder. How many highlights are there of him robbing home runs, him traveling 50, 60, 70, 80 feet in short seconds to catch balls? I mean, he still plays center field. Guys that are are other premier center fielders and just as good of hitters, they've moved different positions. Andrew McCutcheon doesn't play center field anymore. Bryce Harper, you, I think he might have played a little bit of center field, and then he, he settled into right field, and he kept running into the wall. Mike Trout, he's got all that awareness. He can hit the shit out of the ball. He knows right. how to play and run the bases. You see, I mean, there used to be that red light, green light commercial. I forget who did it with Mike Trout. He just loves baseball, and he's not – he doesn't just act like an asshole. He genuinely loves it. He loves every aspect of it, and he's the perfect – poster child for the game at this point. Right, right. And you know what I've learned is so I'm reading a lot about him because I love I love him. He's actually getting better. Now he two thousand and twelve was incredible for him. He's yeah. he had a ten point three wins above replacement. Um his plate discipline is improving, hence the fact that discipline plate discipline, excuse me. Hence the fact that Kerry Collins nearly by Terry Collins, not Kerry Collins, that's the old Tennessee quarterback Terry Collins, the Mets manager, nearly walked him with the bases loaded, but he's getting better at, at, at being more conservative, and he's only 25 years old. It's unreal how good of a baseball player he is. I just want people to, to really watch him a little bit, because that's how fantastic he is. He is going towards GOAT status. He's got a long way to go. Don't yeah. get me wrong. But so far, he is on his way, and all I hope is that he either leaves for a good team or the Angels finally put some guys around him. Yeah, absolutely, and it's that's the you hit the nail on the head. That's the thing about baseball is that you can't have an all-time performance for a single year and immediately anoint someone up there. I mean, don't get me wrong; season-long accomplishments get you into those legend books, but it's the consistency is rewarded more in baseball than any other sport, which I love. But Billy Chapel, pitcher of the week, Matt. Let's start with you. Who do you got? Well, I'm going to go back with a throwback here. I'm going to go with a little C.C. Sabathia last week. Oh, good pick. Uh, 36 years old, has had some struggles the last four or five years. You know, his ERA was up uh, almost at five, but this past week he made two starts, pitched 11 innings, just over 11 innings, with a .77 ERA and 10 strikeouts. So a little throwback C.C. for you, which is always good to see, because back in his day, we both know he was good at baseball, and he was an imposing pitcher on the mound. So good to see, even though he's a Yankee now, you know, good to see him out there doing his thing. I'm pretty sure he's still on the contract he signed when we were in high school. That's what it seems like. That's how. how long ago was, I don't right? think he ever got extended. It was yeah, it was the it was the winter before our senior year that he got signed by them because he was on the he was on that Brewers team that lost to the Phillies when he did the the basically rented to them. Um, but yeah, he's, I mean, when he's on and he hasn't been for a while, when he can turn it on, he gets it going and shit, it looks like it this week. I mean, the big one to, to look at is that whip of just, just above one. Yeah. I mean, Jesus, one earned run, three, three walks, which that's what you want to see. I mean, the strikeouts aren't up there. 
A couple other guys have you know blown him out in terms of or relatively in a week in terms of strikeouts, but the control is what you want to see. You Darvish might have six more strikeouts, but he has twice as many walks with six. Right. So, and I'm pretty high on you Darvish right now too. But yeah. no, I agree with that for sure. That's a great point. Yeah. But who did you snag this week? My guy is going to be the strikeout king of the week, which. It's a little tough to justify because his ERA is a little high. He let up six earned runs. That's Marco Estrada. 17 Ks and one walk. Whoa, that is quite the difference. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which, I mean, I'm, it's, I'm a big pinpoint control guy, and that's what that indicates. Over 13 innings that you're able to do that. Uh, one thing I didn't say about CC and U Darvish is that they both basically pitched 12. CC barely got it. Barely is is under that, but the fact that Estrada can still have that type of accuracy, it means that you're going to get hit a little bit, which is why he still let up 13 hits, which is how his whip gets above one, and he, he yield those three those six earned runs. But that's my guy. That's my guy this week. I almost picked Derek Collin, another throwback guy, a former Ranger, now turned White Sox. Uh, who I think had two wins this week, but he, I don't know, it, it seemed more, I like to reward the, the power pitching, and, and Estrada had it going for me. All right, hey, look, I love a guy that can blow somebody away. I mean, it's fun to watch a guy that just says, I'm going to beat you, right? Oh, yeah. This is a fun time. It's definitely a fun time. Oh, yeah. Um, do you have, well, I mean, I can go first if you want, but how about a little a little rookie of the week, uh, the Henry oh, Rowan Gardner. I was you took the word out of my mouth. I was about to say it's all right, no big deal. Yeah. You know, but no, you got who's your guy of the week? My guy this week. You referenced it. It's Dansby Swanson. He's back. Well, he's here. Better. He is definitely. He's here. Better. At least it seems that he has. He hit two dance, eight ribbies, struck out nine times, nine times. But yeah, he's getting that average up. 375 batting average, 448 on base percentage, 750 slugging percentage. He's one of the only rookies with an OPS over 1,000. And, I mean, that's what you want to see out of your future franchise player. Absolutely. I mean, once we, I mean we've talked about him a little bit before, how he was kind of a steal. I saw him in person. Were you at that game with me? I was. Yeah, he was not nearly as impressive as I thought he would be in person. But he's still a heck of a player, um, and he's looking he's looking much much better now. Yeah. So it's not like, um, hey, Jimmy Rollins wasn't all that big, and we all know what J. Rowe did. I agree, I agree, I agree. He, and he's he's young. He's yeah. going to fill out. So it's not like he's, um, you know, a, a terrible terrible player by any means. But uh, yeah, Who you got? so I'm going to go with a little. And this always screws me up because we talked. Actually, we talked about this too before the season. Is um, Hunter Renfro of the Padres, the right fielder? Renfro, your life! Uh, he batted two sixty-nine last week with two home runs, six RBIs. Um, you know, another guy for the Padres. They don't got a lot going on, so if he can kind of come out for them, that would be fantastic. You know, um, expected to be decent. You know, we'll see how he does. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to see two sits out a little higher, obviously. But he is their starting right fielder, good young player, and um, you know, I think the Padres have to be a little happy with his performance. 
you know, and see what they can kind of get out of him because they need all the help they can get over there. He always screws me up because I think about the guy that caught the pass for Clemson to win the national title. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, so not bad, though. Not bad from him. Not bad at all. But those are our, our hand-grown gardeners, uh, those rookies of the week. But let's, let's take a step down to the even younger guys. We've covered triple A, man. We've covered single A, or we've covered double A in the pocket. Messed this up. Now we move to single A, or to be specific, high class A, advanced A, if you want to be official. We start with the Florida State League, which, for those of you that don't know, just like with double A, it's split up into three different leagues. The Florida State League being where the Grapefruit League of spring training generally plays their games. Some of these these uh, stadiums aren't necessarily occupied in spring training. Most of them are. Um, some of the spring training stadiums aren't. So it's kind of give and take there. But my – or we'll start with the standings. You got teams like the Phillies Clearwater Threshers, who are currently in third or first place. The Daytona Tortugas, who are the Reds' single-A team. Uh, the Tampa Yankees. Always the uh, the creative team the Yankees are, naming all their teams after themselves. The Phillies at least changed their name to the Threshers in like 2002. So, come on, Yankees. And the Mets. They're still the, the St. Lucie Mets. But that's the league for you. You have other teams like the Charlotte Stone Crabs, who are not in Charlotte, North Carolina, but Charlotte, Florida, hence Florida State League. So you have some interesting names, some cool logos in there. The Threshers. Are they supposed to be a shark, man? Do you know? I I, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I can't. I can't. That'd be yeah, cool. Oh. They're cool, but I think I think they're supposed to be a red and blue uh, shark. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, so oh, but no, I was gonna I was gonna crown my Crash Davis minor leaguer of the week for the Florida State League, or really of of the season so far. And that is going to be Brandon Lowe of the Charlotte Stone Crabs. Brandon Lowe is a second baseman coming through the system for the Tampa Bay Rays. He's batting 343 with a, with a on-base percentage of 444 and a slugging percentage of 575. One of the only guys in the league with an OPS over 1,000. He's got Three homers, 15 ribbies, walks a ton, which makes up for the fact that he also strikes out a lot. Ooh. But he can steal the bases, gets hits. That's what you want out of the second baseman. You know, you know not everybody can be the Chase Utley, the throwing it back, the Roberto Clemente home run hitting type of second baseman, the Rogers Hornsby if we really want to throw it back. But that's, that's the prototypical guy, and, and you know, look out for his name in a couple of years. I think you can see him coming through. I don't have his age in front of me. I'm sure he's pretty young because a lot of these guys in these leagues are. But that's that's mine. Yeah. You know, one of the cool things, and if, if uh, you can look around, you can see all the guys that have come through this uh, this league, Derek Jeter being one of them. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, and for people who don't know, the uh, – this kind of advanced A balls where a lot of the top prospects started. I think Mickey Moniak started here for the Phillies um, last year. Now, I mean, yep. he's elsewhere now. But um, so the, the guy I'm going to go with is a 21 year old uh, pitcher for the Brandon Town Marauders. It's a Pittsburgh Pilot Pirate affiliate. 
Mitch Keller is the pitcher. He's the 41st overall prospect in uh, in baseball. He's Ooh. the second highest ranked prospect for the um, for the Pirates. Okay. Six three throws a vicious fastball. Also, he's got a nice sinker and a curveball. He added a changeup this year, and he's had some stunning success. Um, I like overall, it. his ERA is at um, where is it? Oh, I just had it up in front of me. Oh, so overall, he raised at 2.88. Um, actually, he's up to 2.93 now from his last outing, but he recently pitched two seven-inning games. Um, he's going deeper in games, and he's pitching really well for them, and he's got all the makings of a potential stud. We've seen a lot of really good Pirates pitchers come up recently, Garrett Cole being one of them. Um, so he's a guy to watch out for, only 21. Yeah. You know, like pitching in his first uh, his first second season here in, in high A, so I expect him to move up shortly uh, with his kind of uh, – pitching ability yeah that's uh, that's definitely what i'm going to keep an eye out for um the pirates always they're an interesting case because they're not like the steelers where they're in a different conference and they're not like the penguins where they're in the phillies division but they're that kind of team that's just there despite the fact that they've been better than the phillies in the last five years i still don't have the disdain that i do for the, the penguins Bye. I really do not. You are right. It's kind uh, of strange. I they're agree. weird. They're kind of weird. Weirdly there in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Um, you know, they win a World Series though before the Phillies do. That but would hurt. that would hurt. But we're gonna quickly do some some Billy Beans in the jar. Add another one. We're gonna do another pitcher. As I alluded to, pitching is just few and far between. Jason Vargas is a guy you guys need to look out for. You probably have him. I'm gonna. He's 90% owned in my fantasy league. He's still out there for us, but he's doing really well for those the 10% of you in Yahoo fantasy that don't have him. Five wins, 43 Ks. He's got an ERA of 2.03, a WHIP of 1.03. He's pitched almost 50 innings. So there's a guy you should look out for if you need some back of your bullpen. Coming back to the Braves and why they've been at least able to hang around with all the, the turmoil that you quote-unquote turmoil that you've seen with injuries, with players being in and out of the lineup. They have a great bullpen. They have a couple guys that are really loading up on holds. Jose Ramirez, not the infielder for the Indians, but the pitcher for the Braves. Six holds, got an ERA of 1.37, a whip of only .71. He's actually got two wins under his belt, too, so there's a little added bonus. Uh, Aroldis Vizcaino. I can't speak Spanish. A little higher of an ERA, but seven holds for you. 21 Ks. A little bit of a power pitcher there. Uh, But those are two guys you should look out for if you need a little bullpen help. But those are your jar Billy Beans. Doing pretty quick as uh, not a ton there. We only fill up the jar bit by bit now. Uh, of course, you can't fill the jar up all the way right away. Yeah, I mean, if we gave away all of our advice, why would they come back? Of course, exactly, exactly. Well, I don't know what's good, but let's move on to what we really want to talk about, and that's that's our fight fills. Yeah, that uh, so you talked about the Rangers and yeah, well, we don't have to bring that series up. Yeah, but that's pretty much a mow down series. For yeah, the it was tough. I mean, Darvish was great, but the rest of it, oh, oh, yeah, it was not. Not the best-looking series, and obviously we go right into Pittsburgh, and that wasn't the best-looking series either. I'll tell you, though, Friday night, they they didn't play comfortably, 
but they, they that's why they won. I mean, they still won handedly. Joaquin right. Benoit gets another hold, which we talked about before. I think he's finally settling into being the only one that's given a role in, in taking it. Uh, and then they have the, the Tommy Joseph home run, and he's really turned it around. Uh, yeah, he's been playing pretty well. Uh, Saturday, I watched a lot of that game, especially from when the tie got broken, and it was it was just tough to watch, man. I mean, I don't know if it's the Pete Mechanic in-game McKinnon, in-game management that, that you and I were talking about, but they basically let up two base runners. They get to second and third, then a doubles hit, this one by Francisco Cervelli. So he's on second base. They walk the next pitcher after bringing in a reliever. Then they they get a defensive indifference, which is a steal where the catcher doesn't throw, for those of you that don't know. So they're, they have second and third. The pitcher gets a single and gets two RBIs. This is Ivan Nova. Um, and it's just, what's going on? I mean, ugh, sorry. But Sunday was, was just tough. And, I mean, that's the bright spot of the week, I think, is Aaron Nola back from the DL. You mentioned this before. And he looked great. Right. That is fantastic, and I'm so excited. I mean, we're talking about pitching injuries. He, so when he's playing for us, he looks great. Yeah. He just got to stay healthy. Um, you know, went seven innings, pitched eight, eight, through 89 pitches. Um, you know, I was I was seeing that our, our, starting, our starting pitchers are only averaging 5.48 innings to start. Yeah. And that's killing our, our bullpen, which is already going to struggle enough. Yeah. You know, you got to got to do better than that. And Noel's one of those guys that can really help out. I mean, I mean, we've seen Velasquez have some good stuff. We've seen, I mean, Hellickson's been pretty good, but we've seen Velasquez have some pretty good stuff, and he does, just doesn't get deep enough into games. And it kills our poor bullpen, which is already going to be bad as it is. Yep. You know? So it's just a struggle. But it was so good to see Noel on the mound. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you saw Chad Cool, the, I think, fiancé still. Emily could confirm this for me. But the fiancé of the reigning Miss Delaware, so he's, he's doing pretty well. Uh, but he finally spun a gem. He'd been struggling the last couple starts for him for the Pirates, which is what you, uh, on a Pittsburgh side, what you want to see. But, yeah, for the Phils, the bullpen, I mean, you have a couple shining spots. Nishak looks pretty good. Benoit, I said, looks pretty nice. But you're absolutely right. You need to get some more quality starts under your belt. And I don't know where that com- where it comes. If it's you need to maybe call some, put send someone down that you don't have to send through waivers or what it is. I mean, I don't want to get that drastic. But there's got to be some type of midseason retreat if there was such a thing. I got to clean right. everyone's minds and get them get their minds back on it because Hellickson – Looked good. He's looked good in his last start. Eikhoff's been okay. Yeah, but those are the two guys you wanted. Eikhoff, I thought, was going to be the number one starter by now. Right. Me too. Oh, yeah, me too. And the, that's the other big problem is we don't have, like, a pipeline of young guys right now expected to come up anytime soon. Yeah. So, you know, we will see what happens. But, um, it, it, yeah, we, need, we, need, we just need one guy. Give me one guy to step up, uh, one of these young guys. Other than Noah, and show me something. And keep Noah's got to be healthy. That's the hardest part. Yeah. So, you know, but, we'll see what happens. But yeah, I mean, the other side though, the bats haven't been terrible. No. Uh, 
I mean, the, they have the new batting order where they put Altair third. They moved Oduble to fifth. Freddie's now batting second, which they had been moving him kind of all over the lineup. At one point, he was batting eighth, which I get he had a slow start. But what do you think of this? Are you yay or nay on it? I look, we we want Franco in the cleanup spot, but he's he's just not batting well enough. So you know what you do? You bump him down. Yeah. Let him get a little rhythm, and then you bring him back up. I don't. I, I like I like Tojo, but I don't think he, Joe, Tommy Joseph is going to stay this hot. No. Um, so I don't. I mean, I, I like it. I mean, uh, Aaron Altair, he's just he's earned his spot. If he's going to bat third, he's earned that. Oh yeah. I, I, he's played well. Someone, right. I think Saunders batted second tonight. Maybe you put Galvis up there. Um, you could bump Herrera up there from time to time if you wanted. But I, I like the new lineup. And honestly, we got to shake it up a little bit. We started out pretty hot with our bats. They've kind of come in and out since. You know. Um, I think we're kind of better than we thought we'd be hitting wise. Um, maybe worse pitching just from preseason kind of stuff. Yeah. But I would still like to see. You know, I mean, Franco's only batting two twenty five. He he's got to bat better. Um, you know, Herrera's at two thirty six, and these are guys that have got to pick it up for us. Um, and, and and just be better. Um, yeah, agreed. And yeah, so we'll see. So we'll see what happens, but. You know, Hernandez is a two ninety four. That's a great that's a great number. He needs to be in the top of the lineup. But other than that, everyone else is kind of being moved around and pretty much as they should be. Yeah. So, um, I like the new lineup a lot. But eventually, I think you got to put Franco back in to the uh, to the cleanup spot because that's where he belongs. So I, yeah, I agree. And I think kind of in this this transition, I'm looking at their lineup tonight. They still had Galvis two, Altair third, Tommy Joseph fourth, which I think is just a Spot start up there. Yeah, well, uh, he's got a couple games now at four. Yeah, uh, they've done they've him got- at seven a couple times. I think that'll probably be where he where he ends up. I think eventually what you'll see because they have Franco five, Oduble six, Rupp seven, Saunders eight, which kind of makes sense. He's been a little cold as of late, battle yeah. in and out of injury. Um, but they actually Franco got taken out of the game. They had a double switch for it. He was 0 for 3 with two strikeouts. So, I mean, you have to look at, and this is Monday night for those of you listening, not on Tuesday. Um, you gotta, you have to see what's going on with him. And, and maybe there's something that's not right. Because um, we've seen Matt Stairs, the, the hitting coach, he's done a great job with a lot of these guys. Altair, Hernandez, to a degree, O'Double, even though he's been really cold recently. But he started off, he had. Nice stretch at the beginning. Brock Stassi really loves him, even though Stassi's just, he's the fan favorite. Um, it's not the everyday first baseman, but, you know, all these guys really t- speak highly of him, and, and you wonder why you're not seeing it in the big bats that you always talk about. Yeah, I mean, and the key is here is, you know, we need somebody who's like, I want a Howie Kendrick to get back. Get yeah, yeah. I want to, you know, these guys were supposed to come in and kind of be trade bait. And we haven't really seen that yet. Yeah. So, I mean, that would be nice to see. I'm looking. I mean, looking ahead, the Rockies could be a difficult. Even though it's um, it's here at home, it could be a difficult series with how well they've been playing and our pitching been so poor. Um, but we'll get to see Velasquez against them to end that series. Then we get the Reds in Miami, which should be two series where we can kind of level ourselves out and get a little footing and start to battle back again, which would be nice. Hopefully, yeah, yeah. it's. I mean, you, you want to avenge that red series in the beginning of the season. 
Right. Um, I'll tell you what, June looks like a brutal month for us. We got San Francisco, St. Louis, Boston, Arizona, St. Louis again, Arizona again. So we could really use a good, strong end to May um, to kind of at least give us some confidence going into a tough month of June. Yeah, absolutely. And if I had my uh, calendar of giveaways, I think there's something on, I think, the fourth, that Sunday game against San Francisco. But um, July is where we, where we really hit our stride. But we'll get there. But that's our Phillies talk. Let's uh, Let's move on. The fan favorite segment, Stadium Snacks. Matt, I have one. I blogged about it the other day. The Nashville Sounds and the Fresno Grizzlies have the trickle from their series last week. Did you see this? You write you I I I have seen the trickle. What are your thoughts before I tell the people what it is? I'm all about it. What it I'm, is? I'm a huge both, both things. So just go. Sorry, sorry. You go, because I don't want to ruin it for you. What it is, America. We, you know, we always want people waiting. What it is, is you <laughs> took a... I, I want to see how big this thing is. It's big. It's got to be big. It's really big. You take a big-ass pickle, you grill it, cut it in half, almost like you do a hot dog, and then you stuff it with Nashville-style chicken. This is in Fresno. So that's what they did Nashville-style because they're playing the sounds. And, oh, my God, it looks amazing. We missed it. It was only two days. But maybe if we're really nice to Dr. Dan, because he's, you know, he's getting into lockdown for wedding mode, maybe if we're really nice to him, he'll make it for us. That would be kind of nice. Maybe we'll wait till after the wedding. Yeah, that maybe. Is, I think we can get him to do it for us. Maybe. Or we just don't tell Kate and we get him to make it in the next yeah, week. Yeah, he'll, he'll probably just do it if we challenge him to. Yeah. You know, you know what I'm That's saying? a good point. Yeah, we have to, we have to get his mind going. He's a doctor now. We have to we have to keep him on his toes. I agree. With, well, yes, he is actually officially a doctor, which is fantastic. No. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but yes, I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna jump quickly because my stadium snack. I spent the week in Montreal, and if you did not know about Canada, one of their delicacies is called poutine. So if you ever get to a Toronto Blue Jays game, or I'll tell you a surprising number of Montreal Expo hats that I saw up there. Do they love them? Oh, I know. I know. So if they would ever return, poutine is literally it's French fries, gravy, and cheese curds. Um, and, and, and with, Heavenly. With whatever kind of assortment you want on top of it. Um, it comes from Quebec. We went, uh, you know, so basically Montreal, we went to one of the best poutine spots in the city and had some utterly ridiculously good poutine. I'm not saying it's the healthiest, healthiest, healthiest thing you'll ever eat. But it is a must-get, and it would be so nice at a baseball game, maybe a fork. Yeah, I'm normally a fry guy that I want to eat with my hands, but with poutine, if you want to get into the good center part, you got to get the fork out. Um, is it a gooey center? Oh, yeah, because they just slather, the, slather it with the gravy and the cheese. Mm. Oh, we had, oh, we had we got bacon and sausage on ours, and maybe a, we got a little guac on one of them. Oh, they were so fantastic. Egg. I mean, you can do whatever you want, really, on it. But they are so, so, so good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you get that, maybe a nice Molson or a nice Labatt, and you're, you're, you're having a good time at the game. Yeah, Canadian Molson is uh, it's potent. I yeah. I went to Montreal when I was 18, and I got some of that, and it, it'll it get you going. It's a good, good start to the night. But that's a great transition right into 
Matty D's Beer Corner. Right. Matt, normally, normally I would take this. Yeah, you, you're passing the buck. I'm passing the buck. Oh, look, I had I had, I had a lot of Canadian Molson, a lot of the Canadian you know, Labatt this past weekend. And, and being in Canada, you got to drink what they got up there. And oh, yeah. very good beer. But I want you to – I want to sh- – uh, uh, highlight what you got going on this weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, you know, it's a, it's an honor to do it this week. But last week, me and Third and Girl, the lovely Emily Anderson and I went over to the new Wissahickon Brewing Company. We uh, tried a few of the beers, but the one that stuck out to me was an American Pale Ale they have, the Old Wiss, uh, short for Wissahickon, of course. Sounds like Old Miss, but mm-hmm. not, not that. But it's an American Pale Ale, so you know, very hoppy. It's about six point six percent alcohol by volume. Not too expensive. I think it was like five bucks. So I mean, if you ever get a chance to go get over there, the brewery itself is pretty cool. It's uh, is you're following along the Schuylkill River. You basically leave Maniunk and drive along Kelly Drive, take a left or right, depending on which way you're coming from, but go up the hill, up Schoolhouse Lane, and uh, it's right. Right up there, as soon as you get pretty much to the top of the hill, they have a food truck outside of it. Really good food. A guy that we were hanging out with uh, grabbed a roast beef sandwich there and the fries, and they give you a big old thing of fries. I don't know if they had poutine. I think they had gravy fries, but uh, he just got the regular fries, and they were spectacular, I will say. Uh, but, yeah, if you're in the area, if you live in Maniunk, if you live in the suburbs, if even if you're in the city – we Ubered from our place, which is basically Spring Garden, and it was only 15 bucks. Uh, it's bad. definitely a place to go check out. Yeah, I mean, especially now that the sun's going down later, where you're Ubering at, like, if you Uber at 7 o'clock, you get the sun going down as you're going west, and it's blocked by all those different bridges as you're going to Maniunk. It's a cool view, cool spot. But that's what uh, my beer corner of the my beer corner recommendation of the week is. But Love I want to close up the segment, Matt. As I was cooking dinner tonight, I had Jeopardy on, and one of the categories in the opening round was beer states, in which Alex Trebek read off just the name of a beer, and you had to say the name of the state. So I'm gonna give you the I'm gonna give you the five. Do you want me to do it one at a time, or do you want me to tell you the five? Why don't you tell me the so it's five beers, right? Five beers you have to say the states. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Give me the five beers. All right, so it's Sam Adams. Sierra Nevada, Jialai, I fucked up that name, Yingling, and Shinerbach. That's an order from from 200 to 1,000, by the way. Okay, okay. So it's, it's what state they originate from, or just what state they're known for? What state they originate from. Okay, well, I'm going to go ahead, and I'm going to go right to, I believe it's uh, the 1,000, the, the, uh, right? The 1,000 is Shinerbach. That's Texas. Yep. Okay. Uh, well, Sam Adams is, bo- is Boston, so Massachusetts. That's 200. Okay. Sierra Nevada is... Ne- it's, it, see, Nevada's too easy. Now, I, now I'm questioning... I'm questioning uh, everything right now with that one because it seemed too easy to me. You want to come back to it? That could be your final Jeopardy. No, no, I can't be my final Jeopardy. No, no, no. I, no, stop, stop, stop. You're leaving so much easier answers on the board. No, 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 no. no. If it's not Nevada, it's got to be California. Damn it, that's right. Yeah, okay. If it's not Nevada, that's one of those Nevada that makes sense. What was the one? Hialeah, I think is how it's pronounced. I fucked it up before. 
How do you spell it? J A I space A L A I I P A. High Elias, I think how you pronounce it. I messed it up before. I called it J L I. Can you give me a region of the country? Is it from the south? It is from the south. Is it Louisiana? No, it is Florida. Florida. Ugh. Yep. Dang. Well, Yingling is Pennsylvania, so that's easy. That's the 800, too, which I guess, like, if you're not from here, like, it's just, for us, it's well, like, oh, yeah, America's oldest brewery, but I don't know. I mean, Sam Adams, I guess that's an easy two, 200. Uh, Chinerbach, though, that that doesn't, that flip-flop Sierra Nevada to 800, highlight 1,000. Go Gingling at six and Shinerbach at four. I feel like that, like that's a a, te- it's a very easy Texas beer. Well, you say that, but we also happen to get. I remember we got commercials here a few years ago about about Shiner. I really? Think. Yeah, if I remember correctly. So, oh. um, yeah, but if you go to Texas, like you see a million ads for it. No, I, even in the right. Dallas airport, which everybody flies through. Look, other than the one for Florida, I didn't think any of them were particularly hard. I, st- I got stumbled a little bit on Sierra Nevada. We won't talk yeah, about that. Yeah, it was, it was regular it. Jeopardy. It wasn't double Jeopardy. So it was like, right, just start the game. These people in. All right. At least they didn't do Budweiser or Coors or anything like that. So, no, don't, don't don't knock on Jeopardy. They give you the tough answers. They're no, not. You're, you're right. You're yeah, right. Don't, don't knock Trebek. You're not Sean Connery. Um, Sucker. Well, hey, look, I know we're kind of wrapping up here, but let's just quickly touch on two two important sports that are going on right now. Oh, yeah. Well, let, let's just get through basketball real quick. I think we can both agree that it's probably Warriors, Warriors Cavs final. Is that right? I don't think it's probably. I think it is. I mean, yeah, you can say the Celtics won last night, yada, 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 but it, they're not going to come back and win this thing. All right. Well, Golden State's going for 12-0 in the playoffs, which would be a record. Um, they're up nine and midway through the second, looking pretty good. Um, you know, unfortunately, Kawhi Leonard's not playing. It is really a shame that he's not playing, um, because we all know how good he is, um, and he definitely is making a difference. I think this series, they probably wouldn't have won game one if Kawhi doesn't get hurt. I don't want to comment on whether or not that thought the injury was dirty, that the play was dirty or not. Mm-hmm. You know, definitely think that's something that the league should outlaw, but... The Warriors are up right now, and Steph Curry is one of six from three. So that shows you how good they are. Um, and, I mean, I'm, we haven't even seen a big game out of Klay Thompson yet in these playoffs. They haven't really needed him. He's one of seven from the field. Yeah. So I think both these teams better better be prepared, though. I, I think maybe the, the Celtics beating the Cavs is good for the Cavs because it kind of says, hey, these are still good teams, and the Warriors are coming. I think the fact that the Warriors are kind of rolling a little easily. Yeah. Uh, first game might, might hurt them in the final start. I still think they're going to win, but it might hurt. I think it shows for LeBron that you can't just kind of dial it in and you know show up thinking the rest of the team will hold it. It kind of reminds him that he needs to be the guy. And I don't want to get into any of the bullshit Jordan-LeBron crap, but it just shows LeBron that he needs to be LeBron and take it over like he did last year. He has a great cast around him, and they kept loading it up. But I think you're right. I mean, we granted it's not going to go seven games like we we've seen before, where one team is undefeated going into a final series, whether it be baseball or hockey or what have you. But usually, the team that's a little more tested comes up with a bit of an advantage, whether whether or not this 
applies here because of the super team that is the Warriors. Because made a lot of great points. Clay Thompson hasn't been a, been a, a huge factor. Steph Curry's kind of there. Kevin Durant's playing fantastically. Right. Uh, I mean, we'll see how it goes. And I'm excited for it. I just want to get there. No, right. I, I agree. I mean, I'm so excited for the finals, too. And I, with this playoffs has kind of been dragged out. I know people have said, you know, oh, it's really exciting. But to me, we always knew this was coming. Yeah. I thought maybe the Spurs would have a chance. I wanted to see the. I really like the Celtics for a lot of reasons. I love Brad Stevens. I'm a big Jay Crowder fan. Mm. Um, I like Marcus Smart and Avery Bradley a lot. But I think the Wizards would have put up a better fight just because I think John Wayne and Bradley Beal are tough matchups for anybody, especially what I think is a lacking of defense defense on that um, Cavaliers front court, which I think is going to get exposed next series. But um, I'm just kind of ready. You know, I, I want to yeah. see it. I want to see it for sure. Do you know so, when it would start? Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's like yeah. they go like nine days after the end of these series or something. Oh, really? Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. Jesus. And I mean, part of that, yeah, part of that's because do they set the days? They don't fast forward it like they have. Yeah, well, only for the finals, which bugs me because um, that's stupid. They started the Eastern Conference Finals from um, the Western Conference Finals before the Eastern Conference semifinals were over. Yeah. So. You know, my brother made it. My brother Jack put up a good point. He understands that like maybe the arena is owned by a hockey team too, but in this case, all the hockey teams aren't playing in these arenas, so it shouldn't be a big deal. Yeah, um, I was gonna say because hockey is set, and every other sport is usually set. Football obviously doesn't matter, right. but baseball's right. always set. Hockey's always set, but it's always been interesting. And that's what I've always kind of liked about the basketball playoffs is that they're not afraid to accelerate it. I guess they're assuming. That the conference finals should go six or seven games. Yeah, but I, I mean, I'm telling you right now, I, I think the Warriors win tonight. I think the Cavs maybe win, maybe six if the Celtics are lucky at home. But I think the Cavs win five. So yeah, yeah they're gonna have a long layoff. It'll build up a lot of hype for this mega series. Um, which, which I mean, uh, whatever. I, I'm not trying to poo poo it, but I'm with you. I'm like, meh. <laughs> watch, so. watch the wonder that is. The Nashville Predators. Oh, they're up two one right now. I know it's the second intermission against the Ducks. I uh, I'm pretty excited for them. I I also finally am predicting it right. I said the Penguins in six. That looks to be accurate. I said the Preds in seven, and I think it's coming a little ahead of schedule. So Preds must have read that and been like, "Fuck you, we're gonna win in six. But I uh, I, I mean. This series has been so much. It's been more fun to watch, I think, than Senators Penguins because the Senators and Penguins have had two blowouts. The other games have been somewhat exciting, but every single one of these games in the Western Conference Finals, we're not talking hockey, in case you couldn't tell, but it's been defense versus offense, punch you in the mouth a couple in a couple of occasions, literally, and it's great. It's great hockey. It's fun. I mean, every game that's in Nashville looks like it's an absolute party. A couple of my coworkers were there last week for a conference, and they walked down Broadway, which is where Bridgestone Arena is, and said it was out of control. Right, right. I would love to go to a Nashville game. They look fantastic. I think. I mean, I think if it is Pittsburgh, and I think the seven nothing win pretty much seals that series up for them. Um, as much as I liked Ottawa and I hate the Pens, that'll be a crazy good series. 
Um, it's really one dynasty team versus one super underdog. I mean, that's the way I look at it. So Two good yeah. goalies, too, because it seems like Murray's finally back in net. And he played well yesterday. He was kind of spotty in, in Game 5 when he actually took over. Uh, but that that's kind of to be expected. He's coming back from injury. He looked okay in Game 4 when he spotted in for Flurry, but... I mean, that's just going to be fun. The one thing that I think in terms of that final series is does the defense for the Penguins match the dynamics, the dynamics of the Predators? Because they, they have guys that get up there in terms of offensive defensemen, which we've seen some teams be able to do that, the center just being one of them. But... The Predators have better forwards than the Senators do, and if they start moving that puck around, P.K. Subban gets into it, if, if any of them, any of them get into it, because they have also good defensive forwards that can kind of fill in all those different spots. It's what we've always tried to do with the club hockey team since everybody tries to play every position. But, I mean, I, I, I think the Penguins can do it. I'd pick the Predators. I, I said a while ago the Western Conference champion would take it, especially because I just really doubted the Penguins. But it's, I'm really excited for it to get to get going, especially if it gets closed out tonight and tomorrow. All right, that will be that will be good too um, for the sport as well to get to get to the finals and just have a really awesome finals. You know, yeah, um, that would be super exciting. I'm pumped up for it. But um, you know, I'm excited. Can't wait. Love the hockey games have been so much better than the NBA games. I'm yeah. sorry, I just want to say it. They've been more exciting. Better playoffs, yeah. Better playoffs, right? That's what happens when you have a lack of parity in the NBA. But we don't, we don't want, to, we, don't, we don't have the time to dive into that tonight. So. No, no, we do not. Let's uh, let's wrap things up. Look at the week ahead in the baseball world. We uh, like we said, we're recording this on Monday night, so we're gonna look at the weekday schedules. Matt, who do you got for the weekends or the weekday series you want to look out for? Well, we, we've seen one team rising, another team kind of stumbling of late. That's Texas and Boston. Yeah. Um, they, they're playing this week. There's not really a great pitching matchup. Perez versus Sales, kind of a nice one, um, especially with Hamels being hurt right now. But very excited for that series. Big series, I think, for both teams. Texas to say, hey, look, we're defending our title. And Boston to kind of get back on track after stumbling in a very good and deep AL East. Mm-hmm. Uh, so very excited for that series. What do you got? Anything good that we watch this week? I've got the – I'm going to go with the White Sox and the Diamondbacks. White Sox have been all right to start the year. Uh, the Diamondbacks, though, my hot team of the week, they've um, – it's an interesting series. So the Diamondbacks great at home. If they can play well in this series, I mean, they can start to, to pull themselves out. I almost picked the, the Giants and the Cubs – both teams aren't really where we thought they'd be at this point. Um, that's an exciting one to watch. The the I think a, I think all three games are actually on national TV. Okay. Cubs game tonight is on MLB Network. I know uh, tomorrow night's on ESPN, uh, but it's definitely one to watch. But I, I think the uh, Tigers or not, not the Tigers the. <laughs> <laughs> the well, White Sox and the Diamondbacks is the one to watch out for. Absolutely. That's a heck of a series. Um, 
Well, we, we, we've been talking about, obviously, the Diamondbacks for a while now. Yeah. You know, I think you brought up the Cubs, and I'm going to jump right into my weekend series, and that's Cubs versus Dodgers. Yeah, that's Same big. That's right. And the Cubs are 22-20, and 20, obviously, number one than we thought, but they're only a game back from the Brewers and St. Louis in the loss column. So the yeah. weak NL Central is kind of helping them kind of get their footing. Their pitching has not been good. And really, other than Chris Bryant, I haven't liked their bats. But it's a big series for them, too, against obviously a very, very good Dodgers team that we've brought up in the past bullpens. But they're, they're def- that's definitely my series of the weekend. would love to catch a game or two with them, for sure. Yeah. Mine's going to be one that I've actually seen. I've seen it reversing the fields. But that's Orioles at Astros. I caught one of these a, uh, a year ago in Baltimore. It can be either a slugfest or an absolute pitcher's duel. I mean, we we were I was knocking the the Orioles pitching, so it could just be a, a clean sweep by the Astros because they're playing, they're playing well, great. Yeah. But you got Kyle or Kevin Gosman on the mound for him. Wade Miley, who's pitching really well. Against Dallas Keuchel, who, depending on what he's looking like with health, that could be something interesting. And then on Sunday for them, you got Ubaldo Jimenez versus Lance McCulver's McCullers Jr. I'm not doing well with the names tonight, Matt. But great pitching matchups, great power lineups, and in, in the potential there. Uh, and that's that's going to be a fun series to watch. You also got the Mets and the Pirates. That's the Sunday night game. Uh, which that could be exciting. The, the Pirates aren't necessarily where we where we want them to be. Uh, same with the Mets, but that's that's gonna be my weekend series. All right, it's a great another great series. I mean, I keep waiting for Andrew McCutcheon. Looks like he knows how to play baseball, but um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it should be a fantastic week of baseball. I can't wait to kind of touch on it next week. Obviously, yeah, especially with the Cubs. Yeah, the Cubs will be exciting to see. I mean, it's interesting where we're getting to June, June 1st, which is always a, a mile marker for baseball or a third you know, third of the way pull, if you want to call it that. And what it means to the season, it doesn't necessarily mean that teams are locked in. I think it's something where, like, four of the 12 teams and the if the playoffs started today won't make it. Um, so it doesn't mean that you're – by any means out of it or, or in the playoffs. So it'll be exciting to see. And I think you're right. The Cubs, what can the Giants do? What do the Dodgers do? Can the Yankees keep it going? Do the Red Sox turn it on? So it'll be exciting to see. But with it with it being Memorial Day, I think we're probably going to do the same thing. Probably record on Monday or at the very least drop it on Tuesday to kick off your post-Memorial Day week right. But we'll uh, we'll talk about that off air of how we'll we'll get it all all organized. But Matt, before we wrap things up, anything else you got uh, got on your plate? No, busy week, little golf, maybe a little ice hockey for me. Hopefully, this rain is done by tomorrow. And um, looking forward to a little Dan and Kate wedding in two weekends. Oh yeah, shout out to them. We uh. Uh-huh. I'm almost forgetting it's Memorial Day weekend. I'm looking so much looking forward to that weekend. Yeah, you know we got some. Some good golf, the Dean and DeLucas this weekend, Indy 500, of course, which our boy JSB is uh, always excited for. I don't know what NASCAR race it is, but because it kind of gets overshadowed. Um, no horse racing, had the Preakness last weekend, but uh, the Belmont, I think, is in two weeks. I don't know. And, uh, we'll, we'll figure that out. But, I mean, that'll do it for us tonight. Thank you so much for listening, as always. 
Please go like, share, comment on the podcast on our various social media sites. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Leave a review. Give us your feedback. We love feedback. What segments you like, what you didn't like. If you want to try beers, you want to tell us what beers, stadium snacks, bleacher creatures, which we need to bring back. Matt and I keep uh, not being able to find anything. We uh, or Maybe we're just lazy. I know I'm lazy. But that'll do it tonight. Thank you so much. Matt D., you're the best. For the bullpen cart, this is Jordy Cannell saying goodnight. See you guys.